Hello, welcome to another episode of Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies weekly podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll. The Valley Indy, by the way, is a nonprofit online newspaper covering four towns in Connecticut's lower Naugatuck Valley. Our URL, valleyindy.org. The show airs Monday at 9 a.m. on WNHH 103.5, New Haven's community radio station. Before we begin, I just want to acknowledge the presence, you can hear him breathing, of my co-host and reporter, Ethan Fry. What's going on? Not much, Ethan. And like, here's the rundown of, of today's show. First, we'll have our guest on via telephone, and I'll get to him in one moment. Then we'll talk about how the Valley Indy was attacked on social media this week by employees from one of the largest media conglomerates in the U.S. And I just butchered the word conglomerate. Can you say that word? Conglomerates. Those guys in the U.S. Drunk. Drunk. But first, our guest today on Naval Gazing is Larry Dwyer of Connecticut Cult Classics, which you can find on Facebook at facebook.com slash Connecticut Cult Classics or on the web at ConnecticutCultClassics.com. Larry is organizing movie screenings, cult movie screenings around the state, and the first show, called Bite Night, is scheduled for Saturday, July 23rd at the Strand Theater in Seymour. It's from 7 p.m. to midnight. Strand Theater, by the way, 165 Main Street. Two vampire flicks from the 1980s will screen. They are Fright Night, which features a great performance by Roddy McDowell, and The Lost Boys, featuring what I can only call a performance by none other than Corey Feldman. Tickets are just $10 for the double feature, and you can buy them at ConnecticutCultClassics.com. Larry, thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, no, it's our pleasure. Uh, the idea to screen cult movies, Larry, where did it come from? Well, um... I came from a few places, Eugene. Um, number one is I'm a big, um, big uh, participant in, uh, and by participant I mean just being in the audience of a show called the Hudson Horror Show that takes place in Poughkeepsie, New York, twice a year. And those folks pick five super crazy. Well, usually they'll mix in like two well-known films and then three super crazy. Uh, cult films that, frankly, most I've never even heard of. But uh, me and my buddy Sean have been going to see them religiously for, gosh, I think three or four years now. And uh, that's, I, it's something I really enjoy. It's something that the crowd really enjoys. Um, so that was the first thing. And the second thing, believe it or not, was I was really just trying to think of ways to help promote this year's Connecticut Horror Fest, which I know you know about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one way it came to me, I said, well, why don't I do uh, a movie night? And and usually I'm the type of guy, um, unfortunately, sometimes when I come up with an idea, I just I just run. I don't think much. I just say, all right, I go from, hey, this sounds like a good idea to I've opened up a website and, and made posters. And, you know, I just went, uh, I basically went ballistic and went from something saying, how can I help promote Connecticut Horror Fest to, hey, what if I do this every month at the Strand and any other theaters that might be uh, willing to take some uh, some crazy movies? Yeah, that sounds awesome. I like the idea of just running with something before you completely think it out. That's the story of our life here at the Valley Indy. Yeah. But it's funny, you mentioned the Hudson Horror Show. I have a somewhat, uh, it's such a small world 
because I know Glenn Baisley. Uh, I do another horror podcast on the side called Mobile Horror Companion, okay. and right before the last Hudson Horror Show, we uh, we had Glenn Baisley on. He's connected to that. He's he's like one of Chris Allo's good friends. So it's a small yep. it's a small cult movie world out there. Is what I'm trying. Yes, to it say. is. Yes, it is. Chris Allo. Uh, I can't I can't give praise enough to what he does um, with the Hudson Horror Show. And for him to screen everything on 35 millimeter, he's got to go find all that stuff. And he just puts on a fantastic show. They also do showings at uh, at the Alamo Draft House in Yonkers uh, separately, Yonkers, like yeah. twice a year as well, which is awesome. So, how did you uh, decide upon the Strand? Uh, are you are you a local guy? Are you like a, a, a Valley guy? Or? I'm from. Well, I grew up in Bridgeport, um, but I moved to Derby um, about three years ago. And, oh, there you go. Look uh, at that. We're neighbors. I live in Derby, too. And anybody in Derby is a neighbor because it's that small. <laughs> it is. It's the smallest town in Connecticut, I believe. Uh, or that, at least that's what I was told. I'm not sure. I've never mapped it out personally. It's part of but, that evil um, Derby propaganda. Yeah, they've been saying that. Nobody's checked it out. <laughs> I, I can't. No, I'm just kidding. Absolutely, man. Um, but, yeah, after moving up here um my wife and i just kind of stumbled across it when uh god i hate to admit this on the air but she wanted to see uh, one of the twilight films um and <laughs> it was actually it was actually playing there so i reluctantly uh reluctantly went to see it in the theater but i was like wow this place is cool they've got you know the old school marquee out there it's you know very very 50s and and, and I, I always liked it and frankly uh, you know i say that this idea came about pretty recently um that's not 100 percent true because i've reached out to them several times over the past couple of years uh trying to see just trying to figure out how much it would be to rent it etc and then never heard back until this year so oh yeah because um, i know they have yeah they've, they had like a transition period where the town yep. was involved but yeah so it's it, yep. they, if you if anybody out there isn't familiar with the strand theater if you search them on facebook it's strand theater in seymour uh, they like they just recently had I guess somebody had their wedding photos shot there like their engagement photos or so. uh, actually I don't even know if that's true but it, it, you could see how uh, it is a cool uh, place it's definitely a throwback and a great place to see some uh, cult movies and right. uh, so are, just I should ask you so tickets are still available for this thing if I went to ConnecticutCultClassics.com uh, I could still buy uh, tickets for the, this showing they are um, one of the great things about the Strand other than it just being a really cool place to see a movie is it seats two hundred and fifty. Oh wow! Um, I didn't even know so, that. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a large it's a large theater. Um, it actually it actually uh, on the you know the fire marshal thing. It's actually a little more than that, but I wouldn't go I wouldn't go above two fifty. So I mean, yeah, there's definitely still uh, still tickets left. I mean, they're selling well and everything, but uh, I think um, I don't know that it'll sell out before the date, but I think it's going to get close. And how did you choose the the two movies, Fright Night and Lost Boys? I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but Fright Night and Lost Boys you are know, playing. Yep. Um, funny. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but Horror News Network, um, we did a double feature at another theater in Seymour a few years back. Um, we had the idea to do um, Night of the Living Dead, the original, George mm -hmm. Romero, and uh, Bela Lugosi's White Zombie. Um, and I've kind of always had a knack for naming things uh, for some reason. So for that one, I came up with Duo of the Dead. Nice. Um, which, right. And uh, and at the same time, I said, you know what, once we do this, we should do the next one and call it Bite Night and have a couple of vampire movies. Um, so I didn't really have the movies planned, but the name was just in my head with the crazy logo with the fangs and everything. Um, so it's been 
we just never did it um, because we started doing Connecticut Horror Fest instead, and that certainly takes up, you know, a heck of a amount of time. So um, it's always been in my head. And then, when, again, when I started thinking about it a couple months ago, I said, well, you know, obviously The Lost Boys is a shoe-in because everybody loves the movie. And uh, for me, Fright Night, because it's it's one of my favorites, and, uh, and I don't think I ever got to see it on the big screen. And now... Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, first of all, the the, the Connecticut uh, Horror Film Festival, the CT Horror Fest coming up. If anybody wants more information yep. on that, search them on Google or the Horror News Network. You can find all the info, and they're all over Facebook as well, run by uh, a Seymour resident, so it has Valley connections. And I've been to uh, the past couple, and, and it's a good show. But uh, I, I think one of the stars from Fright Night is going to be there, or, or do I have my info wrong? Unfortunately, you have your info wrong. I wish somebody from Fright Night was going to be there. Um, oh, we'll edit that art. Never, never mind my mistake. Don't, just ignore that. But, but I saw okay. Fright Night. I saw Fright Night and the Lost Boys uh, in the theaters back in the day, like a hundred years ago. I'm 42, and I think like obviously so, most of the public has has like you said probably seen both these movies, but never in a mm-hmm. theater with a group of people who already love the movie. I mean, is that sort right. of the appeal? Is that is that what you hope? Like, tell tell us what that experience is like when you're in a in a movie theater with a a bunch of uh, cult movie enthusiasts it's completely different um than going to see like the conjuring uh, in the theater you know um when you when you uh, i'll use hudson horror as an example you know you've got a bunch of people who have already seen the movie and already love the movie um it's a more rowdy crowd Mm. when i say rowdy i don't mean people are throwing things uh you know or, or dancing in the aisles but you know, people know when the funny parts come in, so they start laughing. Uh, you know, once in a while, somebody yells something funny out at the screen, and that's fine because everybody laughs. And you know, it's 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 definitely a more fun atmosphere uh, when it's a cult film that that kind of most people have already seen. And you know, like I said, some of the Hudson horror movies uh, I've seen, I've never seen. So I find that the fact that the people around me that have seen it are you know either making fun of the movie or having fun with the movie or, or whatever it makes it better for me it's infectious it's, more fun for me. it's a, there's yeah, like an infectious definitely. thing going out uh, in the audience i definitely 100%. know what you mean because i've seen like dawn of the dead a hundred thousand times you know the original uh version sure uh, the 78 version at least and then just seeing it yep. in a theater is just uh is just you know a ton of fun where people cheer at certain it's like it's like the movie's your friend and you're surrounded with a bunch of friends you don't know uh you know right. watching it so and Romero though Romero will be George Romero will be at the uh, CT Horror Fest I, that one I have right yes 100% uh and so 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 excited uh for that he's by far, in my mind, the biggest guest we've ever had at a Connecticut Horror Fest. I know, I know. I'm I, just I got I got to reserve my hotel room because I'm. Uh, it's going to sell out now. You know, the, 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 the right. whole thing's going to take off. But for anyone not yeah. familiar with uh, anybody not familiar with Fright Night, it came out. <clears throat> excuse me in uh, in 1985, and it's about a teenager who teams up with a local access cable horror show host to defeat this like dashing vampire who's moved in <laughs> next door. And I loved it as a kid. It was really like one of my favorite movies when I was younger, uh, because you know it was, yeah. like the, it was like one of the first horror movies I saw in a theater. I, I, I don't. I think it's rated R, and I don't think I was old enough actually to to be it. But that's neither here nor there. But it's like a cross between Rear Window and like any teen movie of the '80s and Dracula. And the cast is outstanding. Yeah. Like I, I mentioned, Roddy McDowell, Chris Sarandon oozes like 1980s. Smarm is that the word? Ethan Smarm, machismo. He can use machismo. Yeah, he's like you want to put he, he was the dashing vampire. He's like yeah, he's the bad guy in the movie. As dashing as Lestat. 
from uh, what, an interview uh, with the vampire. Uh, <laughs> I, I put him over. He's like he's a little meaner than George, not George Hamilton. Uh, 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 uh Christopher. Not ah, who's the guy that played Dracula in '79? Uh, Frank Langella. Frank oh, okay. Langella. Oh, that's, oh, God, yeah, of course. He's a little. He's a little like that. But but also, it has one of the greatest supporting characters, in my opinion, ever committed to celluloid. And I'm talking about Stephen Jeffries as Evil yep. Ed. Evil Ed. He played that <laughs> forever ingrained. Uh, yeah. Both of them, McDowell and uh, the Evil Ed dude, should have been nominated for Academy Awards that year as best supporting. They're they're that I, good. I agree. And Jeffries was also, and it is Jeffries or Joffreys, I don't even know, but he was also great in uh, Heaven Help Us, which is an underrated oh, 1980s. Yeah. yeah, you'll see it on cable. I think Kevin Dillon, Andrew Wallace McCarthy. Wallace Shawn. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good movie. And, and Larry, were you surprised that uh, Jeffries didn't go on to bigger and better things uh, after Fright Night? You know, uh, I always I always wondered kind of what, what happened to him because everything I'd seen him in, he was, he was actually a very very good actor um and then i kind of found out what he got into and it was it was different than what i uh what i thought that he would end up in so i was definitely a little surprised at that but, yeah he kind of um, yeah what well, does he go to any conventions yeah. or anything like that has he, has he started like the convention circuit do i you think know, he or? recently did i think he recently i think i recently saw him advertised at either monster mania or chili chiller um maybe last maybe like late last year um, so I think he did recently start doing the conventions. I'd like which to is see cool. him. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. To, to, here. Hear, to hear his stories, some, he must have some uh, some good stories. He, there was like a Crispin Glover type vibe. And, yeah, uh, very very strange, a little you know exotic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then and then the Lost Boys, uh, I think, is is like one of the defining movies of of the sure. 80s. And I don't know if yep. I don't know if it's necessarily a, a compliment because I think the 80s were such a strange time for movies. It kind of sits there like a bad hangover between like the golden age of the 70s and then the 90s. You know, the 90s I think right. is, is another uh, golden age there. And and then stuck behind it is like, you know, I mean the Lost Boys is essentially a Brat Pack movie without the the entire Brat Pack. But uh what right. why do you like that movie? Like why do you think it uh People love it like they do. You know, the vampires are a little glamorous. Uh, not as glamorous as Robert Pattinson and Twilight, of course. But, um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, how can I put it? They're, they're very engaging. Kiefer Sutherland is really a very engaging vampire. And then he's got, you know, was it Bill from Bill and Ted is one of the other, <laughs> one of the other vampires. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, I yeah, that. he's one of the guys, and then another one of the guys went on to be on that um, was an American Gladiator show. Um, but uh, yeah, they're all very good-looking, you know, guys. Uh, and, and then you've got the Feldmans, uh, you know, Corey Haim and and uh, Corey Feldman in the movie. Uh, which the back two then, Corys, the two Corys, yeah, yeah. You get the two Corys in a movie back then. You know, you're uh, box office you're doing gold. pretty well. You're, you're going to get some. You're going to get some views. And then you had what's his name? And then you get Jason Patrick in there, who who was like on his way to becoming the new De Niro. He had made he had made Rush, which he was great in. And Narc. Well, Narc was sort of a comeback because he made he made Speed. That that was years later. He made Speed Two, and his kind of career derailed. That was his one shot at action. As it happens, right, right, right. It happens to all of us. But yeah, he came back with Narc. But so you got like it's this whole mix of. uh, I mean, it goes from Jason Patrick. To Corey Haim, all in the same movie. It's really just a, it's a right. wonderful thing. 
But uh, Larry, right. and that, that go dynamic ahead. with the with the with the Frog Brothers was just incredible in the Lost Boys for me. That was, I mean, that that for me won it won it over. It's not it's not by far my favorite vampire movie, but I think the Frog Brothers might be among the top three of my favorite. Uh, characters vampire killers from vampire movies because yeah, they're like they're like preteen uh, uh vampire killers right. speaking is, of uh, right right they're like they're like monster squad that went through puberty basically. yeah there you go you had mentioned uh, yeah. twilight as like the you know the saccharine vampire flick uh i've i've heard good things about let the right one in mm. i think it's from like scandinavia as as the like a more uh, sort of artsy uh recent vampire flick have you seen that do you have any opinion that's for you, Larry. I'm sorry, sorry I can't sorry. hear Ethan. Oh, you can't hear? Oh, we're probably not catching. What, what he asked about... Sorry. Uh, yeah, that might be my fault. Uh, Ethan asked about uh, Let the Right One In, the... Uh, yeah. What was it, Danish, the original version, yeah, whatever it was? Scandinavia somewhere, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah so was that... Yeah. What were your thoughts on that one? He's asking you if you've seen it and whether you like that's, it. That's... That's... If I had to give you a top three of vampire movies, that's in there. Wow. Um, let the right one in is, is I tend when it comes to vampire movies, especially lately, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I tend to like the vampire movies that, um, kind of take a different angle, uh, you know, a, a little different take on, on the genre and let the right one in was really, really powerful. And I was one of the few where I'd actually seen the movie before reading the book. And then when I read the book, it's completely different. The book is just out of this world. Um, but yeah, so I like ones that kind of take like a different um, twist. Uh, there's another one, very very indie, hard to find, called Midnight Sun. Um, it's I don't know that interesting one. Interesting take. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's the perks of of writing for Horror News Network is sometimes these uh, movies we get to review that nobody's ever heard of actually turn out to be quite good. Um, and and that was one of them that really really blew me away. As a matter of fact. Uh, if you're coming to Bite Night, I'll loan you my copy if you'd like. It's it's really a fantastic movie. But back to Let the Right One In, yeah, that uh, that movie really really blew me away. Um, just just a fantastic fantastic love story and vampire. Story. Yeah, that that is a really people should seek that out if you haven't done so uh, already. But uh, Larry, that that's all the time we have. I want to just uh, thank okay. you so much for coming on here. And uh, I just want to remind our listeners, it's ConnecticutCultClassics.com. Uh, the uh, show is called Bite Night. It's scheduled for Saturday, July 23rd at the Strand Theater, 7 p.m. to midnight. It's a double feature for 10 bucks, and the Strand Theater is at 165 Main Street. So again, Facebook.com, Connecticut Cult Classics, or ConnecticutCultClassics.com. Larry, have a good day, and thank you so much. Same to you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. That was Larry Thanks. Dwyer from Connecticut Cult Classics, and now we have to determine whether... Ethan's even being yeah. heard in any of this. That was odd. So why don't we take a quick commercial break? All right, so that's that. We, we think I, I think you can be heard, Ethan. I don't know. Knock on wood. This is killing me. Yeah, because if I have to go back and edit all this, or, we had to do one knock podcast. On Ikea, whatever this is. We did uh, one podcast where with Jack Walsh where right, uh, it turned, yeah. we, we realized after the fact that nothing Ethan said was, was, was picked up on the... Uh, the thingamajig. So no to, great loss. I had to go back and edit Many out people would say, I'm sure. all your stuff. But yeah, if we can't hear you now, it's going to be. But but anyway, all right. Up next on the Valley Indie Podcast called Navel Gazing, as far as I know. Uh, heard on 103.5 WNHH LPFM.
on Mondays uh, in the city of New Haven. We're going to talk about our terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week on social media. But first, let's talk about the most read stories of the week on valleyindy.org. Take it away, Ethan Fry. Okay. Hopefully people can hear you. Numero sank, number five in English. Derby Police Department is hiring. Boom. That got like 15,000 yeah, views. Yeah. It was a sponsored post, right? Yeah. They, yeah. So that's, yeah. Uh, $99 you know, a good week. To, uh, good to show potential advertisers that uh, people read our ads. Dang it. Okay. Number four. Cassetti. I want a Buffalo Wild Wings in Ansonia. Number three. I just want to say that everyone who reacted to that story put their own... Sig- I mean, the story... We pro- if, I, if I could take back that headline, maybe I would. It was, wasn't exactly what the story was about. But anyway, and people, so people just reacted to what businesses they want to see there. I'm talking yes. about on our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah. And I just want to say Dave and Busters. Dave and Busters. Is that the restaurant that like... What, you don't watch Nickelodeon? It's, it's, a, it's, it's like a... Uh, it's like a restaurant, but also an on our, our, our arcade? Arcade. Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah, what it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three, bear sighting in West Derby. People like reading about bears. Number two, Shelton massage therapist charged with fourth degree sexual assault. And we'll have a follow up coming on that at some point. Yeah, maybe. Uh, number behind. one by far, Derby Shelton fireworks info. That's uh, usually an annual uh, hit story. Uh, people and th- this year it was uh, there was a rain delay. So I'm sure there was a lot more. Uh, people checking in with it did you uh you you eschew the fireworks usually don't you i went last year with my oh, son okay. uh, i would have went had it been friday but i had a i went to a, a party in in uh, new york oh, okay yeah i, I, I went this Sunday. year um i've been every year i've lived here and i you know people always have like the debate like whose was better I don't know. Derby's was pretty decent this year, I got to say. But it's always dirty. They seem to be better in election years. Uh, interestingly right, enough. Let's burn some bridges. Uh, at least. I don't, yeah, you, you have bridges to burn. At I'm least like, in the Connecticut. I've, I've burned mine, man. Connecticut media world. Yeah, what's left? Uh, yeah, I want to talk about how I was a victim of a Twitter snark attack by the corporate soldiers of the Tribune Company and Tronk. We, maybe you should explain what Tronk is. Well, well, first, let's do a message from okay. the Ansonia Nature Center. They're looking for volunteers to rebuild their playground. And this oh, is okay. from the Ansonia Nature Center Facebook page, and it was posted July 6th. Quote, it's coming fast, the playground build, July 15th, 16th, and 17th. They are looking for volunteers to serve food and drinks to their builders, as well as donations of food, water, and whatever you can. Please call the Nature Center to see how you can help. The phone number, you get ready? 203 Seven three six, one zero five three. About Trunk, I don't even know if I can. That would be a whole other. Trunk is what I believe it, is. it stands for. Something like Tribune Online Content, right? And Tribune is the the massive uh, conglomerate media conglomerate uh, that owns the Hartford Current. If, if people right, if you Google Trunk. Go and ahead yeah, and do they, re- they recently rebranded, I guess that's the buzzword, as, as right. Tronk. If you want to know why Instead local of just journalism... Instead like of Tribune Company, or like, I guess that's too much of a mouthful. I mean, if you want evidence as to why corporate ownership and consolidation of local media has not been a good thing, Google Tronk. Watch the video. Watch their, read their press release. We should, maybe we should rebrand as Vis. 
that we almost you know when I was thinking but like people like on comments and stuff people were we are the this, the VIS the Valley is was a uh, early possible branding tool that an intern's buddy thought up instead of valleyindie.org like our thing would be the Valley is I don't know oh Valley like I S yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Valley Independent Sentinel cause yeah it's so yeah it is, it is it's nine syllables but anyway uh, here comes the train we're at uh, we we taped this in Ansonia so our social media war that took place. And I'll go through it. Yesterday, I dropped off my five-year-old son, Jack, at the recreation camp on Roosevelt Drive in Derby. And Jack's going into first grade. This is his third week at the rec camp. Go back to one of our previous podcasts to learn about the 100th anniversary of that rec camp. But anyway, Jack missed all of last week because he has a cold. And uh, when he gets a cold, it could be frightening because he has asthma. Right? So I spent last week... At home, as you know, and uh, by the end of the week, he was still sick. Uh, my three-year-old daughter, Emma, was sick, and I was sick. It was just one of those great weeks. So back to yesterday. I'm dropping him off at the camp at like 9.30, 9.45 in the morning, whatever it was. And after a week home with me, you know, he doesn't want Daddy to leave. You know, he's, he's a sensitive little kid, so he's crying. You know, he's like hysterically crying. And I'm sure every parent has experienced this, and if you're not a parent... Uh, like Ethan Fry, you're just waiting for me to shut up and pretending <laughs> not making eye contact and, and doing something else because it's making you uncomfortable. But, you know, you, you, you basically, you feel like you're abandoning your kid. You leave him there, tears streaming down his face, saying he just wants to come home with you. And it's not something, personally, I'm good at. Mm. And it's one of those things that every time it happens, I get emotional. I get weepy. You know what I mean? And I'm in front of, like, high school counselors here I am, this fat separation unsh- anxiety. Yes, I start crying. I just can't help it, and it, you know, it, all these like it triggers all these feelings of inadequacy. You know, it makes me think like, why don't I make enough money so that my wife doesn't have to work, and I have to drop him off at all these places I necessarily don't want to drop him off at. You know, I had to send him to kindergarten. We sent him to a magnet school. He's younger than the kindergarten age, so he started school. We technically could have kept him home another year, mm. but I, I don't have the the money to do that. Like all these things just instantly come up, and in like. You see your kid cry and you got to leave. Like, why don't I move closer to New York where I have family? Mm. I don't have any roots here in Derby. I don't have any family. There's no support system for me and my family in the in the Naugatuck Valley. And I should note that our Twitter handle is Valley Indy. It's at Valley Indy, not at Eugene Driscoll, because uh, I use it one of the same. It's marked on there if you look up at Valley Indy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need therapy, but I, I can't afford a therapist. We all do. You know, I'm a writer, so I took to Twitter. Mm. I I tweeted something. I expressed a human emotion in a tweet. I just I just tweeted. I don't like dropping off my five year old at camp slash school, etc., and having him ball as I leave him there. And that that tweet was just me trying for some human connection. I guess maybe mm. looking for sympathy. I don't know. I felt like I had to express it. I went through something a little crappy, although minor, and I know it's common, but there it was. And pretty quickly, there were two snarky comments, which is expected because it's social media and it's a snarky place. And we're all Don Rickles. We're all Joan Rivers on, on social media. We're all really witty. You know, I'm guilty of that. I know you are. I read your Twitter. <laughs> but uh, the snark I got, it turns out, it originated from a producer at Fox 61, which is a television station, in case uh-huh. you, anyone out there doesn't know, and the Susie Hunter. 
a Twitter presence from the Hartford Current, mm. which is a newspaper company owned by the company now known as Tronc, T-R-O-N-C, hashtag T-R-O-N-C. Uh, anyway, here's what the Fox 61 producer, here was the tweet he had in reaction to my tweet about me being affected for having to leave my five-year-old son in tears. Quote, wow, this newspaper has a son. I don't know if that's what he sounds like. I've never met the gentleman, but that's just what I had. All internet trolls sound like that to me. And clearly I was being trolled. Mm. You know, then the Susie Hunter, who has, by the way, like something like 30,000. 24,000. 24.6 thousand. Thank you. 20, just, 20, just probably, probably lost 6,000 yesterday for, for making fun of me <laughs> and my child. She's, she, she's, she also likes the original tweet. It should be noted. I just checked that. Why do you have to inject <laughs> good stuff into this? Uh, just, just in terms of full disclosure. Well, she's got a major. Well, maybe, the, maybe the like was a sarcastic like. You don't, you know, who knows? I, I don't even know who these people are. I don't follow them. I don't even. I, do they follow us? I don't. I don't know. We're, we well, we cover see. four towns in. in we, we, we can discover that. Hold on. She's well. Anyway, the Susie Hunter is a player. At least in, you know, Twitter, Connecticut media. But anyway, what she, what she tweets... And does, this one, does not follow us. Yeah. yeah, okay, there you go. There. Thank you. The Susie Hunter, quote, Aw, poor thing. His ink is gonna run. So let me just recap. I basically say, oh man, it's a bummer. My kid's crying. Sucks being a parent. Wow, this newspaper has a son. The Susie Hunter... Oh, poor thing. His ink is going to run. So, you know, I I was immediately angry. Like, you know, I I sent them angry tweets. You know, I accused them of killing journalism and they poked some fun back at me. You know, they had some witty banter, you know, probably another. First, you know, puns. I hate people, you know, uh, puns. But uh, to be honest with you, it it just like all kidding aside, like for a a, a brief moment, it just it just hurt my feelings. Mm. I'm a dad. I'm sorry. Showed a little vulnerability in a Twitter fear, Twitterverse. You know, to, to have snark come from people with my within my own industry, mm. that's just that's just weird. Like I said, I, I don't I don't follow them, and I, I have serious questions. Maybe you should investigate as to whether the Susie Hunter is actually a person. I don't know if she's human, because I, I went to her Twitter feed. I'm like, who is this? Per- what? Is going on here? Why am I getting taunted? Why is this person making a snarky comment based, like, literally on the tears of my five-year-old son? Well, according to the t- Twitter, she has a, a banner image that says "Nacho Expert and Journalist." So now you read that Twitter seems feed. Seems to be an actual person. Ethan, anybody out? Read that Twitter feed and tell me that's not a bot. Only something, only something completely artificial could have that many selfies. I mean, that's a, there are a lot of, you can get lost. It's like you, you get, get lost in the Susie Hunter. I'm sorry, that, what's her thing? The, the, the Susie, the Susie Hunter selfie world. It's almost, it's, it almost strikes me as dangerous after a while. But what is going on here? But like, you know, we were talking about like 1980s movies earlier. Mm. And the two reactions from like this Fox 61 producer and this trunk person you know, like made me feel like I suddenly had, I was in the movie Heathers 
from the 80s where they, the woman from 90210 and they, they're just horrible and they team up on people for no reason or the Karate Kid, I was watching that the other day with my son Jack. Cobra Kai, anybody remember Cobra Kai where they beat the hell out of Ralph Macchio for no reason? No. Did you never see, well, I forgot that I, you're I not. I saw it when I was like eight. I forgot what you're not American. I remember, I remember the, uh, the swan kick or what, the load. What At the very the end, do you remember yeah. who he was fighting? It was like the crazy yeah. blonde haired. Johnny, like, wasn't it? Yeah. Sweep the leg Johnny? That, that sweep the, they're all, they're all like incredibly sadistic for no reason. They, oh, like, yeah, they're yeah. incredibly well, I mean, sadistic. Yeah. It's, they're, they're movie villains so, is the reason. Or <laughs> they, or maybe they they run the Susie Hunter's Twitter feed. I don't know. Maybe they work for Trunk. Side note on that, on the Karate Kid, quickly. Uh, I don't know if you watch the TV show Community. But uh, oh, I'm already want to interrupt this. Okay, the, what? The, the, the most recent season was online, and one of the episodes there was oh, a God. Uh, theatrical you, production of you the and that Kid. Susie Hunter should meet. It was a good one, good episode. All right, then, then to add insult to this minor injury, and this is where I'm going to bring you into it a little bit. They called us a newspaper. <laughs> yeah, that's beyond the pale. That I have a problem with. Uh, How dare you? Like the the, the Fox 61 producer and, and, and the trunk bot, they don't even know who we are, what we do. We're seven years into a two-year grant. I used to work at the Hartford Current. The other person who launched this with me left the Hartford Current to do this. So my ego was hurt. On top of like you insulting the fact that I showed vulnerability for a second, you don't even know who we are. But and yet, you chose to pick on us. I don't. I don't understand. But I also thought, and I'm going to use this phrase that you use so often. It was a teachable moment. Mm. How so? And the thing, Ethan, we could demonstrate here is that how our mission at the Valley Indy, a two-person, this is the entire staff, differs from television stations and like self-brand-obsessed Twitter personality mm. slash, I guess they're reporters. Well, I know, so, like the the valley has our back. It seems because you. Well, well, here's what here's what we did. Here's what we did. I think I think the trunk person people, maybe the executive. Maybe I can parlay this into a corporate job. A trunk. Finally, I doubt that will happen. Double my salary, <laughs> triple my salary. Because what I did, I, you know, you, un, you unleash a little of the reader engagement on them. Yeah. So I took a screenshot of the Fox 61's, you know, joke, and uh, the producer. I mean, I, I took a picture and. Uh, it said, wow, this newspaper has a son. And I put it on our Valley Indy Facebook page with a line saying, I posted on Twitter about having a hard time dropping my five-year-old son at camp today, and a Fox 61 producer made fun of me. I don't know. And the reactions were mostly, hey, that's not cool. Uh, the readers came to our defense. Yeah, some people got really, uh, you know, on and, our side about it. And, and the thing is, because in here, Good to okay, see. then cutting... Fast forwarding a few hours from yesterday, the Fox 61 producer emailed me an apology and it read, I just tried to call you, but I got a vacation message. Because, yeah, we forgot to take. I wanted to apologize in any way. I'm sorry. I, want, I wanted to apologize if I was in any way offensive. My tweet was meant as a joke about a news account tweeting out something personal. Mm. I was not trying to be mean. Again, Sorry if I upset you, which I thought it was cool. All right, you know we all make. I, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've, on our own Facebook page on valleyindy.org, gotten into arguments with readers, 
and said things that I regret. Uh, when I've apologized to them, I've apologized publicly. If I've insulted them or stepped over the line in public, mm. I then apologize in public. That's just the way. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. When you're it's wrong, like that promptly. Same thing, like when, when, uh, like uh, when there's a front page story and then like it needs to be corrected. Like it's like you can't just sneak the right, correction right, right, right. in on page yeah, B seven. Yeah. That's in know? the legal notices that newspapers uh, still like. You know, it, it should torn, be a, another front page story correcting it. But, uh, and, but yeah. And like you know, here's the thing. Uh, you know, and then I wanted to apologize. I mean, just when I apologize, just I'm sorry. You know. Because it's like, no, I didn't find it offensive, dude. It wasn't offensive. It was number one, just hurtful. Uh, but but that's my own thing, you know. Maybe I'm, uh, you know, whatever. Some people say, oh, get over it, you're a wuss. Um, uh, but also, it was just frustrating that second part of the apology where, um, all right, if you have to explain your joke to the intended target, you should not be making jokes. That's a general lesson we should mm. all follow. But that that it just brought me back to working at newspapers, you know, from 1998. Yeah, yeah, where you have to pretend to be like a, a soulless monolith. Well, yes, from yeah. 1998. Here's until, the content until 2000. Consume. into 2009, where this this thought that a news account can never ever be a human being. You are a news account. So basically, you you can be you know professionally, you just have to be. A, a thing to market. You're a vehicle. You can only throw yeah, out your yeah. content. Click this, click this, click this, click this, baby dad, click this, click this, click this, click this. You know, shooting, 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 just whatever. You just poop all that stuff out, a constant diarrhea of tweets. Mm. But then personally, I guess you can, what? Make fun of other... What? Yeah, what? What is that? Yeah, and I, I've and, never gotten like, the, like some people have like work twitter accounts and then like a separate like social media work and professional presence shut like, up i just don't understand that uh, you know like although i, I do get like if, if, if you if you if you're uh you know fox 61 you, you know your readership or your whatever viewership or your reach on on social media is is you know way 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 above ours mm -hmm. higher than us. my wife calling okay. on the phone i apologize oh, I, I thought it was yeah. uh so I get why, why you know, all right, they, they are not going to, I guess I get why they thought it was weird and worthy of ridicule that uh, some newspaper account, although we're not a newspaper, some news account would, would tweet out something personal. But my thing is like, like, dude, I can't believe they're still instilling that in young reporters because I assume these people are younger than me. That stupid, closed-minded, you know, no, the internet breaks down the walls between you and reader. My worldview is... Is not everyone's worldview, and your view that news should never be personal, or we should never know who's delivering us the news, that they should just be anonymous, that's not, doesn't work everywhere. If we're two-person news staff, if we, if people didn't know, like, I tell people, of course, like, hey, uh, you know, we're not, my, my kid's sick today, There's no, we're not going to do any news today, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're just honest with people. It would, it would be so asinine if we just tweeted out content and, like, never answered questions. Or just use like you know on the Facebook pages. You can do the automatic reply when people. Sorry, mm -hmm. I'll get back to you. And I just want to be like, dude, if somebody told you to never tweet out personal information from your news account, you should slap them. You mm -hmm. should find them and slap them and say, because that type of thinking is helping to kill local media. Mm -hmm. Patch.com. That's exactly what they were. They tried this hyper-local thing where they're just, yeah, I'm, you know, Johnny Canard. It's like, whatever. I, I don't even know. That doesn't, 
So it was frustrating. You know, when I got over like, you know, the anger, the embarrassment, uh, not that this is like, and it's not the end of the world, but it, you know, the reason people sided with us is because for seven years, we've talked to them every day yeah, on yeah. social media. We don't use social media just to post, you know, selfies and us hanging out with whatever Connecticut media personality, celebrity, like that's not what we do. You know, I'm not, I love, I love nachos. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 300 pounds. I love nachos. Got a 48 inch waist. I mean, you know, nobody wants to, uh, but I don't know. But so anyway, we're a two person uh, online news site. Uh, and we just have a different, our social media policy is use social media like the rest of the planet. And that's why if you follow me on Twitter on the weekends, all you get is angry John Prine songs. <laughs> Irish songs, because that's what I do on the weekend. I sit around in my garage and I listen to John Prine on Pandora, who's yeah, going to be in I Connecticut. Usually, uh, yeah, you go dark. Send out. Which is well, probably I, good. I'll just go dark or yeah, you go radio silent. Tweet angrily about soccer or baseball right, matches. Right, 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 games. Right. What annoys me more Twitter about jokes. the current and, and like you no, know, I, and I lo- no, I love the current. The, I think oh, they have the see, best I, reporters. I, I do not. Well, because yeah, you worked at the Journal Enquirer. I, I started at the Journal Enquirer, where we like every day started with like a, a two minutes hate against no, the. I, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, but, uh, oh, great. I just got, here's another thing going on in my life. My, my, my wife had uh, Lyme disease like two weeks ago. First time she ever got a, a deer tick on her. Just like last week she had another deer tick on her. She <laughs> just sent me, that beep was her saying oh, nice. uh, tick number two tested uh, positive for Lyme disease. Oh, nice. So again, I want to thank Fox 61 uh, and that Susie Hunter. Well-timed, yeah, the, uh, well-timed joke, guys. Yeah, the, uh, the like, yeah, it's the best newspaper in the state. I'm not going to let you get into bad mouthing the heart because I don't even think it's trunk. Okay. Let's not. Let's not. I don't want. I'm not going to blame individuals. Uh, they're fine, trunk. But I just want to. You know, Lisa Whitehead or Liza Whitehead, mm. a Facebook reader. Okay. Reacted to the initial. Wow, this newspaper has a son. Comment on our Facebook page with, quote, it just illustrates that they don't get it. The Valley Indy is wonderful because it's local, personal, and community-focused. The fact that all your readers, quote, know you and read your posts with your voice is what makes it slash you great. Now, that's like our mission statement. Like, I went to a pointer thing in January, and they were like, how strong is your mission statement? I'm like, man, I, I don't know. Mm. I know our social media policy is use it like the rest of the planet. Don't be stupid, you're, don't be stupid, you're moron which is a quote from Howard Stern's dad, uh, and uh, when you're wrong, promptly admit it. That's pretty much our unspoken policy. But our mission statement is Liza Whitehead just wrote it for us. That's mm. what we're here to do. Uh, so I guess this, like, this, this is just for, like, uh, when we first launched, like, I, I just told myself I cannot pay attention or let, I just can't care what other reporters think about the Valley Indy, you know what I mean? Because I knew, I would worked in newspapers, like, I, you know, you were a miserable SOB at the News Times when I worked with you there. And my thing was like, I don't care what Ethan Fry tweets about my new job, because newspaper reporters tend to be sort of miserable, and we all, right. I talk about, about everybody yep. behind their backs, and it's, it comes this toxic, toxic workplace. Uh, and it also made it very difficult to try anything new, mm. anything like, you know, so like at the Valley Indy, when we first launched, I was like, I can't, you can't pay attention to 
you know, the Susie Hunters of the world. You just can't, because uh, you just you just be like everybody else. You know, you gotta. But we've just talked <sighs> about it for a half an hour. So. The first time in seven <laughs> years. I've never been. I've never been just suddenly attacked for like. <laughs> then there's that whole thing where it's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did for a moment. I felt attacked. Reginald Denny was attacked. Uh, like, yeah. You okay. Know, all right. Thank you. Mean thank tweet. You. Like, is, is that is, is, is that what's all right? Perspective, yeah. No, yeah. I'm not. Have I? Am I ever saying anything even close to that? Yeah. Don't you? Uh, you know. All right. Fine. I mean, do you have any other questions? Now you've just deflated no. my whole thing by no, calling I, me a baby. Since I've been gagged I mean, from uh from uh from complaining about the Hartford Current, I'll uh. No, because I'm not I'll, looking uh, to. I'm not. They didn't do no, anything. No, no. Of, of course. Absolutely. And yes, I realize uh, this isn't. I mean, hey, navel gazing. The origins of this podcast were back uh, when the Shelton High School student wrote a prom oh. proposal on the side of the high school. Were you here for that? Thank God I was not. No. So let me let me school you on it. All right. <sighs> Freaking young people. There was a media crush uh, in the valley. And everybody it was just you know one of those everybody was chasing whatever every, the guy was on Jimmy Kimmel it was like blah 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 blah. So we thought, why don't we start a sort of behind the scenes like why do we write the headlines we do? Why do mm. we? And that was the whole thing in navel gazing. So navel gazing is we. So what I'm saying here is no, we've done nothing wrong by talking about ourselves for now like an hour mm. uh, because it is called navel gazing. Mm. So. I apologize if you feel uh, left out of the conversation, but I felt like I, 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 this thing put me in a, like a dark place, which happens. I'm a very sensitive to, you just, you just go report, you make Cassetti mad, you got all people, you know, you do that, but I'm dealing with the Facebook stuff where it's like, that's, that stuff can just drive sticks you over stones, the edge. man. I've never learned that. I don't, what do you, what, do you, what is that French? Oh, it's sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Good words to, uh, you know, it's a good, good uh, words to live by. I guess I don't know. I like I don't know. As you said, I don't. Are you embarrassed? I'm by not this married. I'm, I'm not married. I don't have kids. If you're I heartless, did, you're I'd also, be. I'd be. You're you know, also. I've, angry. Not, I've, I've been sitting next to you for years. I don't started, know anything about you. You know, if somebody made fun of somebody in my family, I'd be offended or mad. Uh, Although it wasn't, I, I, I you know, or, that was that no, was momentarily. That was yeah, it. Yeah. Was a, you, you momentarily hurt. Uh, but then to see it come from somebody within your industry mm. who's basically doing it wrong, <laughs> you know, what else do you want to tweet about? Like the AP style yeah, that yeah. matters to anybody on planet earth other than, other than people other than in me, the industry. Yeah. Right. It's just that stop it. Flyers with an eye. If you're referring to an aviator or a handbill. All right. The scanner's going off. We should see what's going on. Coming up next on uh, our next episode will be uh, first selectman Kurt Miller of Seymour. That, oh, should be okay. a great, that should be a great conversation. Lots of uh, lots to talk about. Okay. Bye. Later. Uh-huh.